You're listening to the First Community Podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. I'm April Adams. And I'm Caroline Roberts. And today, Caroline, we're going to talk about reading scripture. Reading scripture, everybody's favorite. We love scripture. Yes. I love scripture so much. It's such a gift to us. Um, And everyone reads it in different ways. And and it can be kind of intimidating, too, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible's, it's no, you know, it's no two-chapter book. I mean, it's like, it's like a big, it's a big book filled with lots of words. But beyond that, um, it's essential to us as Christians. I mean, we are given this complete access to our Father, our Creator, via um, the Spirit, and the words in these books, every single one of them, are breathed out by Him and put there for a reason. Um, And it's a privilege to get to possess the Scriptures and to be Mm -hmm. able to read them. I mean, there's people across this world, this globe, that don't have access to the Scriptures, and people that have access and they could lose their life if they're found with with scriptures and Mm -hmm. I don't know about you but like I mean I have like three in my my room and and sometimes they're just collecting dust I mean I have one in one um, translation one in another translation and another Mm -hmm. that you just collect over the years and yeah I have an entire (laughs) shelf of just bibles Bibles. yeah (laughs) it's different ones study bibles this bible that one, Baptism Precious Bible. Moments yeah. Bible. <laughs> I didn't have one of those, oh. but I had a children's picture one okay. that I think I still have. Mm. So lots of them. The and, Bible. Yeah, my duct tape Bible. You duct taped yeah, your Bible? because it was falling apart. Oh, because you like, read it so much? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I always, I, I always, I feel like that's always a, um, what do they call it? Like a, a mark of someone who reads their Bible a lot, mm-hmm. people whose Bibles are fraying well, people started well-worn. saying that, and then I was like, you know, that could become a source of pride. So then I got <laughs> Exactly. <Bible. laughs> so anything I was else. like, I'll quit carrying around the duct tape. Or, <laughs> you know, the, the multiple pages of highlighter and multiple See, colors. I have a thing against writing in books. I don't do it much. So none really? of my Bibles are marked up because I just don't like writing in them. I know many people like that. Yeah. I, I like to annotate. So I like... I don't like to highlight because a lot of times I'll highlight something but then not remember why I highlighted it Mm -hmm. when I go back to look at it. So I'll write little notes. So the margins of my Bible are filled with my own words. And I wonder sometimes, you know, is that is that appropriate to be defacing scripture? I mean, granted, like the actual physical pages are a printed copy of the, (laughs) the words of God. Yeah. But, you know. Is that okay to, like, write in your Bible and put your own words in the words of, of the Lord? I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's okay for Study other purposes? people and not me. Yeah. So I guess everyone has their own, yeah. like, their own technique, their I mean, own yeah. way that they read Scripture. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you would think I would be more of a write-in-it type person or little doodles, but it makes me think of the Babylon Bee article. About where it was the making color fun Bible. of all, all the, because um, that was really popular all they the, had the, the margins where all you the margins in, you yeah. can color and do your own illustrations and your uh your word art and yeah, i guess your hand lettering which calligraphy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was something they like, should make an entire so made her bible so much better they but should write, they should print an entire bible with that calligraphy type font it would be terrible It would be hard to read. (laughs) But it would look really pretty. What they teach you in communication. Probably be huge. Readability. Oh, readability. (laughs) Forgot about that. In order to. (laughs) 
the type of font. That's why you use like a Times New Romans for Helvetica. <laughs> yeah. Helvetica is your titling because it's sans serif, but we're going to go way too far into that. I, I'm, you've <laughs> more already than, lost me. <laughs> more than more than any of you want to know about typefaces. <laughs> if you want to learn more about typefaces, please contact April Adams. She yeah. offers personal tutorials and lessons. And we will watch Helvetica, the documentary. <laughs> There's a documentary? <laughs> yes, I went and saw it in theaters. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's actually oh. pretty good. So apart but, from the, yes. the font of scriptures, <laughs> the, font of scriptures. <laughs> the content of scriptures is is, is yeah. pretty valuable. Well, uh-huh. and what and what I was always told about good literature growing up is that you can you can read it on any level and mm-hmm. it can make sense to you on any level. So it can make sense on the simplest level where like a child could read it. Yep. And so children can read scripture, children do read scripture, we teach it to them in Sunday school. Yeah. We start them young, where they learn. I can remember learning Bible Bible stories and then learning how to read the Bible mm-hmm. uh, as a child. And so you you do understand the concepts at that age and can start understanding. But then, as you mature and grow, and your it, faith grows, yeah, <laughs> it can take on deeper meanings and other meanings, and you understand certain parts better because you're understanding who the lord is better Mm -hmm. and like this is the way we do that yeah and it's so cool i mean scripture literally says the word of god is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword and like it's it's true (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. it is living and active and i love when you when i get to read passages and stories that i have read and i may think that i know like the back of my hand and i read it in context, or I read it in light of a new truth that I'm learning, or something that the Lord's revealing to me in a certain season, and it it may be interpreted in a completely different way, mm-hmm. not not in a different way in the sense that like I'm understanding it, you know, that what I used to understand is incorrect. It's not mm-hmm. not that necessarily, but you just reveal deeper deeper layers of mm-hmm. God's character and. And his his love for us, um, and it, it's it makes it so unique. A lot of times, I hear people talk about you know the Bible, especially non-believers. The Bible is like this huge work of literature, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm not like a literature guru, so this may offend the literature people. <laughs> but I don't think that the Bible is a piece of literature because it's not. I mean, it's it's a spirit filled, but like it's a book that in reading it it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't just incite emotion and like it's not like a fictional piece of literature where you read it and you know you think it's a beautiful work of art it's so much more than that and it's so much deeper Mm -hmm. than that and it's I mean it's literally breathed out by the god of the universe it's literature and more it's literature and more (laughs) dot 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 (laughs) yes yeah so I mean and granted like there are very there's very literature-like characteristics of the Bible. I mean, just the way that the books are written. I mean, and it each everything. Right? It's Poetry got everything. And Prose and narrative and exposition. And I think I just used those words incorrectly, but I probably did. You just threw out. <laughs> I don't what actually do, know what any of those What do mean. I remember from English class? Letters. And, well, I mean, like, I love how, you know, most of the New Testament is kind of like a biography of Jesus, essentially. And it's it's almost like stories of of him teaching and then you get into the letters and the epistles but then the old testament there's a lot of that 
a lot of the like you have the Psalms, the prose, and like mm-hmm. the historical writings, and the historical writings, and the mm-hmm. then you have the prophets who some the, of that is really confusing. The boring <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it can be intimidating, Which, mm-hmm. and I think that is what what wards off a lot of people from. Um, from realizing the value of scripture. I mean, we understand that the Bible, the Bible is an essential piece of our faith, but like we don't treat it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't, I guess, we don't utilize its value in the way that God intended for us to utilize it and giving us complete access to him. So I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any like tips or tricks or things that you've learned over the course of your life <laughs> as a believer and um, things that work for you in reading scripture or things that things you may let's start with things that you you may um, have done previously that realized maybe this isn't the best way to read scripture because I can go first if you want me to <laughs> because my first go approach ahead. to scripture used to be I don't even know where to start so I'm just going to open my book to wherever and wherever it falls is where I'm going to read all right. Okay, we're in Leviticus. Um, <laughs> where do I start? Oh, what do does I this mean? Fall to a new place. Uh, yes. Okay. Just kidding, God. Next place I open is where I'm going to read <laughs> Song of Solomon. <laughs> and so it's just just this like you know I'm leaving it up for chance and not that any part of like the thing you forget is, and I think the the thing that is so bad about doing that is in my mind I want to read something that's gonna that's going to come across as like applicable to me, but all of scripture mm-hmm. is applicable to you because it's intended to be read as a story, as a meta narrative from Genesis to revelation. And it's all applicable to you. But if you want to go to the verses that, you know, tell you how to live your life, certain parts of scripture may not fulfill that for you in the way you think it should. Mm-hmm. And so we need to take a step back and think of scripture the way that God intended for us to look at scripture. And I think that begins with seeing it as a, a one big giant story and a, a meta narrative. <laughs> I learned that word <laughs> when I was young. <laughs> it's a, a story, stories within a, a larger story, within mm-hmm. a larger story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I like to know everything around it. Mm. And, and so a lot of what I've gotten into is looking back at the history of it and seeing how different books intertwine, different Bible mm-hmm. characters intertwine. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite lessons that I taught one time, because I, I enjoyed studying for it so much, mm-hmm. was um, it was actually going through a lot of Jeremiah, but looking, doing the timeline through that, through the whole um, period of exile. Yeah. And how so many prophets existed together, and you don't think about that yeah. when you read them book you by book. The like fact separate that, time periods, yeah, or that maybe they didn't even meet. But you're, some of these people probably knew each other mm-hmm. and met each other, but you you don't get the story of oh hey Isaiah, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> hey Amos, what's yeah. up? <laughs> but they were existing during these times, overlapping times and like or when one of them was really old one of them was like in his 20s and you know and and how all of that snowballed on each other and they were in different places and like one got exiled over here while one stayed and then 
and so they're in they're in these different places, but the same historical things are happening to them. Yeah, they ended up being mm-hmm. so big, but you tend to see them as separate things. And then also looking at it chronologically, mm-hmm. too, um, has really helped me to put the pieces together, mm-hmm. and also to understand that the people in scripture were just that they were people and so that makes it it makes it more personal and it also because i think as a child you hear you hear the stories about like david and goliath and all these big superheroes and stuff and and that's what they make it sound like because it is more appealing to children to present them as superheroes but larry and bob yeah (laughs) Or Bob as, and Larry were there as vegetables. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so and it's and it's fun learning as a child, and and I I think those things do help to some extent, but there comes a time where you have to realize that we can be put in those situations, or these are just people who are living their lives, and these things happen to them. But God was in the midst of everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I think it starts with our approach to scripture and our understanding of why we have it as believers. We have it. It was given to us by God, breathed out by God for our benefit so that we could communicate with him and we could learn from him and we could have access to not only the written gospel, but to his entire, I mean, to everything that we need to know. And I think mm-hmm. that too is is kind of cool. And John, and John, the writer says, you know, what's written here is written here and there are many other books that could be written but if you know they if if they were included in this book then there wouldn't be enough space in mm-hmm. the world to fill up or enough space to hold the book yeah. that would be if we included everything that and that's when I'm like I want to see what that is yeah I'm like but I want to John I want to see what that is <laughs> but I don't know it's it's something that I think we we take for granted often so understanding how to approach scripture i mean it, it is the living and act living and active word of the lord i mean it's something we should approach reverently knowing and expecting to be taught and to learn from what's written in it but approach it with some kind of intention and and just kind of like like a, a guide like a plan like have an idea have a plan on how you're going to read scripture don't just like get it off your shelf just because oh i haven't read my bible in a long time i need to read something <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna open it up. All right, wherever, and 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 not not just doing that, but reading reading scripture with the intention and expectation that God is going to teach you something more about Himself, and that gives you the desire to want to read it more. Because when mm-hmm. you see, like, I, I mean, I'm I am convinced that some that people that not that every single person who ever reads scripture with the intention to know more about God will know more about God and mm-hmm. will want to know more about God from that. Yeah. Because that's just what it is. I mean, that's just what it does. And like you said, like understanding the context of what you're reading and knowing what's surrounding the the portion of scripture you're reading at the time mm-hmm. is crucial too. Because we're reading this giant story, Genesis to Revelation, but obviously you can't read that in one sitting. I'm, I I don't know anyone that can. Um <laughs> They would definitely have to take a bathroom break at least once <laughs> and probably need to eat some food at some Pumps point. Some depends, you good? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of caffeine. <laughs> um, but whatever portion you're reading at that time, 
understand the context of it. And I think understanding the audience, intended audience, it was written to original audience. And then obviously us now. So like there's these two audiences, there's the original audience it was written to you. And then us currently, um, and there's plenty of tools out there. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the seven arrows that Matt Rogers developed, and he's up in Greenville at a church there. I think the Gospel Coalition has that on their website. There's like the SOAP uh, format, which is scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And so you, like, you, read a, you read the scripture, you make your observations, and this is helpful to do with like one or two people, and you make your observations, just say what initially stands out to you, words you don't know things that you may have read before, things you may have never seen before, and try and flesh those things out and look up words that you don't know or look at the footnotes. And then how does this apply to the audience that was written to? How does this apply to us? And then praying over that. Those are like some quick and dirty like scripture reading tools. And then Bible reading plans. I mean, there's there are no shortage of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of them. Well, the Bible app, the Version Bible app has... has tons of them yeah. so if there's anything like I've been fascinating with fascinated with <laughs> fasting lately so I yeah. found like a fasting bible reading plan That's and cool. went through some of that to see where in scripture it talks about it and maybe some of the things that I've missed before because yeah. you don't as a Baptist you don't really read the bible going oh I want to fast <laughs> I want, yes, I. and so we tend to in the past I have glossed over those pretty <laughs> Pretty hardcore. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. (laughs) Please don't apply to me. (laughs) But it does apply to us. (laughs) And I, I mean, recently I I wanted to read through the book of Acts. And so I started, you know, I sat down and I was like, Acts chapter one, letter to Theophilus. Oh, let's look up who is Theophilus. Oh, this isn't, oh, the, the writer of Acts, this is like a continuation of the book of Luke. Okay, I, maybe I need to read Luke first. <laughs> so I was like, at first I was a little disappointed, you know, oh man, I just really want to read about the early church. <laughs> but in reading, beginning to read that, I realized, okay, mm-hmm. this the writer of Acts wrote the, the book of Luke. the church. <laughs> and um, they're like one big letter to Theophilus. And so I need to start from the beginning. And so I ended up in Luke, which obviously has not disappointed (laughs) um and it's cool how I mean it's cool how like right now um I I guess I needed to learn more about Jesus's life and ministry and like that has it's just been a huge blessing like reading reading about that reading about that and then getting to reflect on Matthew's account which is a book I read last year and like getting to see the parallels and getting to see what's different and it's like when you start getting into those little details you can just go so, so, so deep and you can spend an entire day on one verse or you can spend an entire week and go through a whole chapter. I mean, it really is just or a whole book in the Bible. I mean, it, it just depends on the depth you want to go, the depth you desire to go and mm-hmm. what the Lord's doing in your life at that point. So there are many tools out there, many Bible reading plans. Um, there are plans out there to read through the whole Bible. I know that sounds super daunting, but that's something that I did the Bible in five years. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were about to say like five weeks or something. Yeah. Like, what? We did the Bible in 90 days when I was here as a student. And that was like extremely daunting. And it ended up being like the Bible in 150 days. <laughs> um, lamentations put me, it set me back. Uh, were you depressed with lamentations? It's, I was lamenting. 
but anyway. Well, and the stuff that you're talking about, reading scripture in context, mm. that's hermeneutics, which, which we have an article on the article. website. Courtesy of Kara Hernandez, shout out to yes. Kara. Um, she had to study that a lot in seminary, so we decided to make use of her seminary degree. And Hermeneutics <laughs> is <laughs> literally a fancy word just for interpretation and reading and understanding of Scripture mm-hmm. and the study of Scripture. And yeah. reading everything around yes, what you're reading. What you're reading yeah. And so we'll put a link to that to that Good article call, on this Good page, call. on the page with this podcast. So the hypothetical can, page. Yes, you can click on it. It'll, it'll, it it'll will be, be in existence page. by the time that this is being heard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. We're time travelers. Yes. Yeah. So talking about all that and how we have sort of commercialized scripture at mm. times, <laughs> and we have a lot of mugs and t-shirts and wall hangings. Face paint. And, uh, face paint. <laughs> Shout out Tim Tebow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, like, the little black yes. things under the eyes. Yes, That's not the, face paint. With the, yeah, with the Philippians. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and a lot of Pinterest boards with some pretty hand lettering, like we talked about, which mm-hmm. none of those things are really bad in and of themselves. So yes, if you've yeah. if you've got a scripture mug, you don't have to go smash it. It's okay. Oh, thank goodness yeah. that's my favorite mug. I was so worried I was gonna have to go home and sell it on eBay. <laughs> to, to some other heretic. To some other heretic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so as a collection of scripture pillows and blankets and mm-hmm. wall hangings and mugs and everything. Yes, and things that we give as gifts. Um, yeah. <laughs> With all the yeah. best intentions. Yeah, and, and, and it's not always bad, but sometimes we can just take one particular verse and really pull it out of context. Yeah. And so what are, what are some of your favorite out-of-context Some verses? of my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of single verses. There's a lot of multiple verses. Um, I think we can all agree Philippians 4.13 is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Written by Paul. Um, and, and when you hear that and you're a non-believer, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I can do a lot of push-ups. Yeah, I can, you know, I can make that, get that promotion. I can win that award. I can do that thing. Um, I, if you read verse 12, I mean, even verse 11, right before that, he's talking about his suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we know anything about Paul, we know that he suffered greatly for the cause of Christ. Yeah, and, and let's just read that. Wow, why don't we <laughs> yes. put, why don't we put 413 in, yeah. in context yeah, with, so. with other verses in chapter 4? In this scripture, Paul's talking about God's provision. And so in verse 10, he said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking speaking of being in need, for I have learned that in whatever situation I am to be content, mm. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul's story and Paul's life and that entire book, talking about the Church of Philippi, I mean, that was like his beloved church. And and what he went through when he was in prison writing that letter to this church to encourage them He's encouraging them as he's being tortured, as he's being, you know, 
beaten and imprisoned and suffering. And he's writing to them saying, I can do all things. I can do all of these things. I can suffer. I can be brought low. I can rejoice in my suffering through Christ who strengthens me because his power is made perfect in our weakness. But that weakness isn't necessarily, you know, not being able to do a push-up or <laughs> not being able to make a touchdown. You know, that weakness is, is something something um, eternally more significant. Mm-hmm. And and it just changes. It puts a different taste in your mouth, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about doing all things through Christ, through him who gives us strength, doing all of those things, suffering for the cause of Christ because Christ gives you the strength to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is another uh, yeah prominent my one. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I know the plans I have for you. Therefore, says says the Lord. I think I just butchered that. Therefore, I know the plans I I know the plans. I can't <laughs> what, even say it in which, context. <laughs> which uh, which version are you reciting? I'm reciting my you're probably, wrong. You're, you're probably mixing them all together. I probably am. All right, for Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The correct for, version in for context. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. Not this for is evil. the ESV. Yes. To give you a future and a hope. Mm. Sounds great, right? Graduation. Sounds great. Well, what's interesting is a lot of the verses that we take out of context, really, they had to do with suffering. Like the ones that were it like, oh, yeah, hard. God's going to give me an easy life. Yes. Yeah. But it all, it all has to do in the context of suffering. And because... Who was that? Who was... Who is this book written to? <laughs> in this, we have the Israelites who, okay. the exiles mm. at this point, um, their home's been destroyed. They've been taken over. They no longer have a home. Um, they're all suffering pretty greatly. Mm. And God, through the prophet Jeremiah, is reminding them that they, as a nation, will have a future and a hope. And that's the interesting part them as a nation. Yeah, not He's talking to a group me, of Caroline. People. Yeah, <laughs> not you, April. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. The Lord has plans for your life, but yeah, and and <laughs> it might involve a lot of suffering because it did for them, mm-hmm. and and it also, I mean, following up with it in verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will mm-hmm. hear you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So wow. <laughs> when you read the rest of it, it, it it's kind a game of, changer. Yeah, it makes you think through it. So God is giving them promises, yes, but... He's not saying it's going to be easy. He's mm-hmm. saying, I've driven you to exile because you weren't seeking me and you weren't listening to me and you weren't being obedient. So this is where you are now. But whenever you come back to me, you'll have a hope in the future. <laughs> it's it's interesting that you said a lot of the, these verses that we take out of context have to do with suffering because it's kind of ironic and funny to see how we we as as humans as as flesh as sinners like maybe with the best intentions we always we always screw stuff up so <laughs> i mean like i'm i'm thinking of it in terms of when you take something good and put your fleshly 
earthly agenda. Fleshly? Yes, fleshly. Fleshly. is the thing. I didn't know that was a word or not. I kind of <laughs> just thought I made it up. I don't know. You might Earthly, have, I think I did. Earthly <laughs> agenda on that good thing, it automatically just negates and nullifies its, like, its value. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I, that's too harsh of a way to say that. It probably is. I'm probably wrong in that. I don't really know, actually. Well, and and it's it's a tough it's a tough thing because it's it's good that scripture's getting out there, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, so but it's not going it, to return void. Yeah. So it's it's nice that we want to have it around, and maybe that's the intention. And yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with putting a verse up on your wall or yeah. having those things, but still understanding the circumstance from where they came. Yeah. And understanding what it really means yeah and then whenever you do see it really commercialized and on all kinds of things to buy stone cold steve austin john 316 (laughs) he was austin 316 austin stone cold austin 316 (laughs) he was taking it to something else (laughs) that's why i never could pull for stone cold (laughs) but (laughs) some other i mean I think about that passage in Matthew, that verse we use frequently. I think it's in chapter 16. I'm not sure. I'm going to look. But it's um, where two or three are gathered in my name, therefore I will be with them. And we use that a lot when we're talking about, like, ministry. I've heard that a lot in schools. Um, At FCA, we use that verse Mm -hmm. a lot. Is it chapter 16 or chapter 18? I don't really know. I should know scripture better. I need to hide God's word in my heart. That's from Psalm 119. Yeah, I know that one. It's the only one I... It's definitely not 16. I'll let you find it. Oh, you're going to let me find it? Um, While I talk about it. Okay. (laughs) I can't talk and look. (laughs) But it talks about, before that, um, the passage that, or Jesus is teaching about handling conflict with your brothers. (laughs) And sisters in Christ. Um, and it's interesting that he goes through basically how to handle conflict. And then he ends that whole conversation by saying, where two or three are gathered in my name, therefore I will be with them. And he like, and we take that out of context a lot and we use it in the sense of, you know, all right, we're meeting at FCA. We're here today. We're two or three are gathered in my name, therefore I will be with them. Like, God is here in this place, and I don't doubt that. I, I, I firmly believe, and I'm convicted, that um, where the Spirit of the Lord is, that is where his people are, calling on him, and he is present in their midst. Um, but, you know, who would have thought that God was, or Jesus was talking about handling conflict? Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. 19. I was close. Or, well, Matthew... Yeah, 18, 19, and 20. And 20, yeah. I probably will. Because it is it is about if your brother or sister sins against you and yeah. <laughs> and and how to how to deal with that with yeah. somebody who very defiantly continues to sin within your community. Yeah. And and it even starts by saying for wherever two or three are gathered in my name there I am among them and I've learned in another scripture reading tip this is super cheesy and you've probably heard a billion times but like wherever you see a four or a therefore you always look and see what it's there for so mm-hmm. you never take a verse you know therefore there let there be no condemnation in Christ Jesus 
what is that verse there for? Look behind, look beyond, look the verse before, right before it or the passage right before it. And you, I mean, you just gain such a deeper understanding of what the writer was talking about and the purpose of what was written. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite and most recent, I guess, realizations, I was reading through Luke because, you know, I wanted to study Acts, but <laughs> the book of Acts was also written by the same writer who wrote Luke, and they were written as one letter to Theophilus. and Or actually, I think there were two separate letters. Anyway, they're one work. <laughs> they go together. So instead of reading Acts, I had to go to the beginning and read Luke. But you all might want to follow up in your John MacArthur study Bible to make sure Caroline's giving you the right background. You may want to do, because <laughs> please don't take anything we say here, and I'll be all, especially me. <laughs> I can't remember. I blurted out like four different chapters before. Anyway, in Luke chapter six, Jesus is talking, speaking with his disciples to the Pharisees and he's teaching the Pharisees and it's the Sabbath. So it's, it's their holy day. And the Pharisees, as we know, are, um, they know the law very well and they abide by the law. Um, and they are still stuck in this idea that by abiding by the law and by doing good and by doing what the law says, you will find, um, find, be found pleasing to God and Jesus has come to like say hey wait no wait I'm the new law this is all irrelevant now this is just a summary you're gonna have to correct me well this is this is a sermon on the mount this is like right post right right he's about to be in Capernaum but um the Pharisees are there and and it's like this it's the Sabbath and he's talking to um the Pharisees and he starts off by wanting to heal this guy's hand and the Pharisees say like you're gonna work on the Sabbath like how could you do that and Jesus says you know is it better to do good on the Sabbath or do harm and then he goes into this parable about the blind leading the blind and do you want to read that passage in Luke chapter 6 about the blind leading the blind or the disciple is not above his teacher yeah we'll um because he just got through talking about love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And now we go into judging others. And he says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Mm. And this may seem silly, but like when I read, when I heard that for the first time, like that whole story together the other day, or not the first time, but like when I heard it the other day, I didn't, you know, you hear that all the time. Don't call out the speck in your brother's eye without first seeing the log in your own eye. And we, I think of that a lot of times in terms of don't call out sin in your brother without first looking inward to see the sin in your, your own life. Mm-hmm. And, but it's which interesting. Which is some of it. Which yeah. is, some, yeah, mm-hmm. which is some of it. But I think Jesus, I mean, he's, he's telling this parable about 
discipleship and leadership and and people who are training new believers and people who are training others in this law and how you can't I mean can the blind lead the blind can a, a teacher lead a disciple who is not seeing clearly then their disciple is not going to see clearly because they're being led in unclear ways mm-hmm. but is a disciple or as a teacher above his disciple like or are they on the same playing field is that what it says or does it say as a well, disciple it says a disciple is, is not above. above his teacher yeah. so i definitely messed that up a, <laughs> not that a teacher is not above his disciple but a disciple the, the teacher is above but yes but, <laughs> Please but the idea is that the disciple will grow to be like the be teacher, like the teacher yeah. and because of that if you're being taught by a blind teacher then you're going to be blind too yeah and so he he really was getting at i think what was in the mind of Jesus at this time mm. were the Pharisees whenever yes. he's talking about this because uh, he used this in a previous message or discussion. Mm-hmm. If you look back in Matthew, you look in uh, Matthew 15. Uh, let's see, we'll just go with with verse 10 and just read that whole little section there about... Um, about what defiles a person. And he called called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know what, that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them... Let them alone, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. So yeah, Jesus was thinking about the religious leaders of the Mm. time and the fact that you have religious leaders who are blind and they are leading other people into their own destruction. And when when you're not approaching scripture... Granted, it can be a weighty thing, and you you shouldn't put an expectation on yourself to understand everything about Scripture. No one's going to do I mean, no one's going to. Even the brightest theologians out there still have questions about the Bible. But when you're approaching Scripture, I mean, this is, this is what's at stake, is a misunderstanding and misinterpretation of what God, what God intended for mm-hmm. us to hear. And naturally— you know, we're going to be led astray and then others are going to be led astray. And then Mm -hmm. that misinformation can do a lot of damage. Yeah. And going back to that, talking about noticing what's in somebody else. And Mm -hmm. yes, it is about judgment, but it's also about teaching. Yeah. And discipling. And you can't really disciple somebody without realizing what's already in your life. Yeah. You know, The, the log in your eye. What needs. Before helping somebody else so is in judgment but also teaching which Mm -hmm. is why it is important to read through and try to understand and to pray about it yeah I mean pray for understanding whenever you read scripture and we're promised that in reading scripture as believers that is the vehicle by which the Holy Spirit convicts and teaches us and like shows us and reveals to us who God is and if you are a believer and you believe that and you value the authority of scripture i mean you're going you're going to 
you're going to experience and you're going to see that. Now, granted, there are going to be things you may not understand initially, but mm-hmm. if you, like you said, if you're praying and if you're approaching scripture in a prayerful posture, humble and ready to accept conviction, not reading scripture to, you know, just feel better about yourself, mm-hmm. but if you're reading scripture and expecting that God's going to convict you of your sin, well, he will. And the truth is going to be, I mean, that truth is going to be revealed to you. Um, and it, you know, in Ephesians, Paul talks about the scripture being that sword. It's that weapon we use to fight off the heretics and the blasphemers and the people who are false teachers. And this is our primary weapon. And it, we, we've obviously got a lot of power in it just by the fact that the Holy Spirit's, you know, breathed out these words and like that it's alive and active, but it's also a weapon in that the truth in it is what is protecting us from false teachers and things mm-hmm. that are very prevalent in our world today that are not truth and are not what is in scripture. No, when you, when you hold your Bible, know the power that's mm-hmm. in your hand and know what a privilege it is too, because not everybody gets that privilege. Yeah. And it's not so available to other cultures in certain parts of the world. Maybe dust off that NAV or NIV that you don't read anymore. And... Not the NIV, but... <laughs> well, I was going to say, and give it to someone who doesn't have a Bible. <laughs> Let them start somewhere. <laughs> NASB or KJV. Yeah, let's... Okay, now I feel like I'm getting hurt. I'm talking about sending KJVs all over the world. but yes this this is our weapon this is what we have to fight the spiritual battle we're fighting every day as believers and we have to approach it from the the posture that god intended us from approach to approach it with we have to recognize that all of scripture is breathed out by god not parts of it not some all of it and if we can't accept scripture wholly as authoritative, we have no business in teaching it. You know, we have no business in proclaiming it if we don't believe in all of it. I think that's what I should have said. <laughs> I have to be careful. Sometimes I say things that I don't really mean, but they come out wrong because language has limits. Mm-hmm. You were talking about this earlier. <laughs> the English language has limits. And, and there are things there that are go. in scripture that are translated into our language that don't necessarily capture all that <laughs> God intended for it to be. And so recognizing that, recognizing that there are going to be things you don't understand. There are people out there who probably understand it better than you. Ask them. Ask, you know, Ask people within the church. They can point you to resources that are trustworthy. Um, Talk to Richard Humphreys. He's a good one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Humphreys, man, he, he's a good one. But, I mean, there's so many wise people that, that want to understand Scripture better. And if you don't have a Bible reading plan, if you don't have access to resources, we can help you with that. And we want mm-hmm. to because Scripture is valuable and necessary. Yeah, and we'll gather a few links. We'll have that hermeneutics link on there and a few other things. And so look at the page and continue reading and keep the, up the good fight. And be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to close anything. <laughs> 
so. we're just two awkward folk here just having a good time and and we just love to talk about the lord so thanks for listening